0: And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd." This is the Gospel of the Lord. A few years ago, before we moved to Watsika, I made one of the biggest changes of my life, a change that I always thought was far off in the future, a change that I wasn't thrilled about making at the time. I traded in my car for a minivan. Our first son, our first child was coming, and I thought, well, we can fit two or three in the back of that car, and why don't we just kick the can down the road and see? And then I said, well, what about an SUV? And then finally, family and friends talked me down. We made the change, and we drive one of the several gray Honda Odysseys you'll see around Watsika. A few of them represented also in this room, I think. But at any rate, we made that change, and I remember the time leading up to that decision. The research I did, what vehicle do we want, how old, new, used, what brand, what color, all of those things. And I learned a lot about the car buying process throughout all of that ordeal. I spent a lot of time, of course, on, I think it's Carfax is the website, where you can go and see a car, type in a VIN, and get the whole car's accident report history, and Get an idea of that car's past so you know hopefully what better for better or for worse or whether or not you are buying a lemon or something good or something bad. And I remember one of the little warnings that you would see on the website. It said, This car might have been part of a fleet. I remember calling dad and said, a fleet, you know, like like the Navy? What no fleet. Fleet of cars, a rental car. Like, oh, And then right away, you're like, well, I can see why the price is a little lower than the rest of them listed on the site. And then you have to decide, do I want to chance it? Do I want to spend less on this car, buy this car that was a part of a fleet, and save a little money with the possibility that it's probably going to break down a little sooner than a newer car or a car that was owned by perhaps just one owner? See, all of us know instinctively, even if we haven't been through that process just as I described it, that when you own something, you treat it differently than if you don't own something. If something belongs to you, something particularly of value, you're going to take care of it because you don't want it to lose its value. You don't want it to break. You don't want to have to spend money to replace it sooner than you think you're going to have to. And on the other hand, you know, if you're buying something that somebody else owned or used or a whole slew of people owned or used, whether a car had a bunch of owners or it was part of a fleet, well, its quality is probably going to be a little decreased. Why is that? Because if you don't own something, you aren't naturally as inclined to take care of it as well as you ought to. You're not naturally inclined to do all of the preventative preventative maintenance and all of the things like that that help a car keep its value or a house or whatever the thing is. When it's yours, you value it. When something is yours, it affects your devotion to it. It affects the care and the time and energy you put into it. We certainly know that that's the way the world operates. That's the way the world chooses to live. And certainly most people get that on a gut level. But I'd say this, friends. That's also the way it works in Jesus Christ's holy church. Particularly, it works this way between Jesus the good shepherd and his flock of believers. Now we've been talking about this in our chapel services in the months leading up to today, talking about how Jesus is our good shepherd and Christians are the flock that he loves and takes care of. And now we know this also from our own Lord's own words from John chapter 10. If there's a flock of sheep out somewhere and that flock is being guarded by just a hireling, somebody who's there for the day, he might come back tomorrow, he might say this job stinks, I'm gonna go put a roof on a house tomorrow instead. Jesus tells us if that flock is there, guarded by a hireling, that hireling does what when the wolf comes? He splits, he's out of there. He has no investment, he has no skin in the game with those sheep, apart from maybe his reputation and well, if that gets ruined, back then at least, you just go on to another town and you'll be able to hide somewhere, get a different job, change your name, who cares, there's no IDs, they could do that sort of a thing. But when there's trouble for the flock of sheep that he's watching, he doesn't care. It's not worth the possibility that he might get harmed. It's not worth to him the possibility that he might even be killed defending those sheep that do not belong to him. But Jesus Christ The good shepherd and his flock, it's the exact opposite, isn't it? When the wolf appears and Jesus is the shepherd guarding the flock in front of him, he doesn't cut and run, he doesn't hide, he doesn't climb a tree, but he stays. And he doesn't just stay, but what does he do? He goes and attacks the wolf that's attacking his sheep he makes to fight. And more than that, in the process of defending those sheep, he lays down his life, as we celebrated so recently on Good Friday. And the question is, why does he do it? Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody have such care over sheep, which we all know are kind of, well, I mean, there's a reason we say people can sometimes be like sheep, because they're just kind of dumb animals. They just sort of follow the herd here and there. Why would someone lay down his life to defend him? What would move him to do that? And it's a very simple answer. And he tells us in the gospel, it's because the sheep are his. The sheep belong to him. The sheep of that flock are the sheep of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. He says, I know what? I know what? My own and my own know me. We Christians are sheep of the flock of the Good Shepherd and we indeed are his own. We are his sheep, not just his possession, not just his investment, not just his job, but we are his sheep, his own whom he loves. And because of that, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ does his job for us so very well. He doesn't just go through the motions, as we are so often tempted to do, with jobs that we don't like, right? You ever had a job that was terrible? Remember back to your first job in high school, right? The question's always, is the manager actually around? Can I get away with doing the bare minimum and things like that. That's not how he operates. Jesus isn't there just to receive a paycheck rather he goes all the way completely to the end to lay down his life. Such is his love for his sheep. Such is his love for you and me. Our Lord's actions In the face of danger, in the face of a wolf that wants nothing but to destroy and scatter his flock are so much more than a smile, a shrug and saying, sorry, I can't help you or you got to find somebody else. He gives his all for the flock of sheep that belongs to him, both on Calvary's hill and both even still to his church in the word and sacrament whereby he gives us his promise and seal of forgiveness, life and salvation. And if there's a take-home that I'd like you to especially remember this day, it's that if Jesus does all of this for the biggest thing that you need, he redeems you from the wolf of sin, death, and the devil, you can be quite sure that he can, he does, and he will take care of all of the little things that are problems, but so much smaller problems than that big wolf. That is to say, Jesus does and he will care for your basic needs and problems in life. Think about it this way. What kind of a shepherd would see a wolf, go and fight that wolf off, and even lay down its life in the process? What kind of shepherd would do that, but wouldn't make sure that those sheep had enough food, had enough shelter, had a safe pasture to live in, had water and everything else that they needed? No shepherd would do that, or at least I would say this, not the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. So dear friends, I want you to remember that. Remember, as the kids have been learning and remembering, you remember that Jesus Christ is indeed the Good Shepherd. He has your back for the biggest thing. He's got your back for the little things too. That is true in certain days when things are going well, and it is true in uncertain days when everything might seem up in the air. In certain days, I ask that you do not take him for granted, but in uncertain days, I also ask that you remember your Good Shepherd Jesus, who has laid down his life for you. He is with you and will indeed take care of you even to the end of this age. In his name, amen. We remain